Thanks for joining us for the Connect Podcast. I'm Cole Phillips, the lead pastor of the Connection Church, and every week we're going to look into the Bible to find out how God's Word connects to our everyday lives. It's going to be life-changing. The Connect Podcast is produced every week for your growth and inspiration. You can find all the show notes at makingtheconnection.org. You can also find the podcast on your favorite podcasting service. Follow me on Twitter at Cole Phillips and on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Now, let's get into the study. So I want to introduce to you a friend of mine. His name is David David Riordan. Um, he uh, is a special person to me because I've known his family for 30 years now, which is crazy, crazy to think about. And they've meant so much to me over the years. And uh, he is actually a part of our church family. Uh, he is an author and uh, a, just a, a, a great servant uh, of, of the Lord. He also, uh, he also has a very uh, successful, influential blog that he posts each day and that is read by uh, thousands of people around the world. So let's give a big uh, Connection Church welcome to my friend, David Riordan. Hey, Dave. Hey, Cole. <laughs> How you doing, uh, man? I am doing, doing well. It has been a really exciting past couple of weeks and and uh, as you know, the, the book is officially out today, and uh, it is, uh, it's just been, it's been cool. <laughs> That's phenomenal. What a great day. What a great day to have you. I'm really honored that, uh, that we're able to have you on this uh, release day of your book, of your book, The Baker. And I actually have a copy of the book. Let's see right here. The Baker, The Baker. Prelude to a new kind of life, and it's not just a book. It is a uh, it's a book and a soundtrack, which is very right. unusual, very innovative, and um, so 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 cool. And the soundtrack was written by um, one, partly written at least by by your brother Dan, right. who's uh, been a, a great mentor of mine, uh, incredible musician. So that's so great. That is so great. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, why don't you, David, why don't you begin by kind of telling us a little bit of your background so that we can get to know you a little better? Um, I, I, I do have a story. Um, and everybody, and everybody does. Uh, and I I think that's, that's the one thing that I, I encourage people with is, is it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. You have a story and, and I do, um, I carried a, uh, I, look, I've been successful in life, and I've been a an absolute failure in life, um, b- bigger than most on both ends. Um, I uh, I hit a fifteen I hit a cocaine habit for fifteen years. Um, from most people, although the people closest to me knew I was uh, knew things were not right, um, and uh, God put a stop to that about five years ago, and um, I got busted. I got arrested for for possession charge. And they wouldn't let me out of jail and maybe go to rehab. <laughs> but anyway, um, don't know that the rehab was that successful. Uh, for those of us who are in recovery, 
Um, I didn't find recovery till long after I finished rehab. Um, I, I was clean, but I didn't find recovery. And um, God's got to kind of get, get, get my attention. And that's, that's what the prelude to a new kind of life is about. And um, um, I'm stubborn and hard-headed more so than probably most there too. Um, I, uh, uh, it's, there's kind of a backstory to the prelude, uh, and there's a reason why it's called the prelude. Um, I got out of rehab, and uh, my nephew uh, was one of the bigger drug dealers in, in our area in Georgia. And I had become friends with the last police officer that, that had arrested me. And he informed me they were going to arrest my nephew and give him a life sentence for recidivism. Uh, he was, he, he would have been a four time loser. Uh, through negotiations, I talked them out of that. If I would help them get my nephew, they would put him in rehab and give him one more shot. And, uh, what was supposed to be a two week operation turned into a year. Um, it was all volunteer. I wasn't a paid informant. I wasn't, uh, anything, but it didn't end well. It ended with broken bones, leg, arm, mm-hmm. back, nuts, concussion, all my teeth kicked down my throat. Um, and uh, and everything I owned was stolen. This is by this is by him. By uh, no, no, just just by 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 uh, by by the druggies that I was kind of required yeah. to hang around. So, um, um, but he he did a share of that. Um, not not the beating part, but uh, uh, but some of the other stuff. And uh, it was just bad. I was I was shoved into the middle of a uh, having had a drug habit is one thing. Going into a different drug subculture is entirely. Uh, was entirely new to me, uh, broke my heart on so many different levels. Um, you know, I, I tried to drag people out of, out of the lifestyle at the time. And, and meanwhile, I was being shoved deeper and deeper and deeper into it. And, and it just didn't end well. Um, so we, we come to April uh, 20th of 2018, and I had a heart attack. I was in the hospital. Um, they, uh, they admitted me. The next day, the hospital administrator came around and said, you know, you don't have insurance. Um, why don't you come back next week? <laughs> so anyway, uh, really kind of interesting. But by this point in time, I had uh, my life was in jeopardy if I hung around town. And uh, so I, uh, uh, Dan came to pick me up, uh, pick me up from the hospital. And and uh, I spent the night with him that night. And I just told him, I said, I've, I've got to go. I've got to get out of town. And Dan says, you know, Dave, you ought to stay and, and, uh, and face your trouble. And, uh, of course he, he didn't realize what kind of trouble he, he was, uh, he just didn't know. And I said, I got to go. And, and he took me to the furthest North place that he could on a Sunday afternoon and dropped me off at a racetrack gas station. And that's where the prelude begins. Um, um, and you know, um, I, I love the song that Kenzie just sang. Um, you know, it, I will raise, you know, I'll, I'll raise my song in the middle of a storm. Mm. Uh, that describes <laughs> two days of torrential downpours and, um, that I walked through. God met me where I was, um, spoke with me, dealt with me, broke me down some more, <laughs> um, and, uh, and set me on a new path. Um, and that's, that's the short version. Um, <clears throat> I arrived in Massachusetts four days later, um, uh, you know, Dan has never left me. He's, he's been, he's, uh, he's my best friend. He's my anchor. And, uh, I will forever be in his debt uh, for sure. But, um, you know, I got to Massachusetts and, and, uh, I started doing what God told me to do. He, you know, write, write the story, write it down, put it down in writing and don't ever forget it. 
And I began writing the book. And, you know, Dan, I'm on the phone with Dan. And Dan says, you know, Dave, you ought to start a blog to support the, the book. And I did. And the blog took off. And, uh, you know, in the past few years, I've been able to speak into the lives of, of right about a million people uh, across the world. And uh, many, well, you saw the video in, in many different languages and uh, lots of different What's countries. What's the address of your blog? Uh, it's, it's called The Baker and the Bread on Facebook. So it's okay. uh, on Facebook. Yeah. You, yes, okay. you can you can search it. I'm trying to move the blog to my website, which is davidwryden.com, but I have not um, I have not made that leap quite yet. But it is coming. Uh, my website has been beefed up a little bit over the past couple of weeks, uh, getting ready for the book to come out. And and I, I would rather be website based. I I have been fighting Facebook lately. Um, last Friday night, I got a letter from Facebook saying. Uh, you have an unusual amount of traffic on your page. <laughs> you know, All right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good problem to have. Um, uh, 92,000 people in the past week have, uh, have been on my page. I only have 5,200 followers, per se. Uh, 225,000 over the past 28 days. Um, just viral posts. And, uh, but I've been growing. The page itself has been growing by 30 to 50 new members every day. It's uh, it's pretty phenomenal, um, and I, you know, um, if, if there's one thing that I've seen in this, um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not the best writer in the world. I, I'm, I'm okay. I mean, I, you know, I, I can communicate, and I write, and I write what's on my heart or what God puts there uh, on the blog itself. Um, the story, uh, it's not really my story. It's it's God's story. It's His story of how He intervened in my life and stepped in and. Um, you know, that uh, you could, you could, uh, you might read the story and think, wow, did that really happen? And well, you know, I had a heart attack on April 20th because I had clogged arteries. And in August of 2018, they did a heart cath and the doctor told me I had a 20 year old's heart with no clogged arteries. Um, I used to be diabetic. I'm not diabetic anymore. And I should be now. I've, I've gained a little weight. <laughs> so anyway, um, but it has been a tremendous journey. I've, uh, uh, be growing. And one of the things that I, uh, that I, I want to stay humble and I'm pretty humble. <laughs> God, God's kept me there. Um, I'm so far from where I want to be and I'm, I'm far, I'm far from where I think he eventually wants me to be. But, uh, one of the things I write about is that God takes pleasure in our journey as we grow. Um, and that journey is different for all of us. And so we, um, you know, we tell our stories no matter where we are in life. Uh, and, uh, it, it's in the book. It's something that I've said, I don't know, a thousand times, probably, um, that the gospel began in the Bible and, but it continues in our lives. The good news is that we ha- we can have an abundant life in the here and now. It's not just about going to heaven when we die. It's about walking with the Lord in, in everything that we do. And, um, and I found a, something I never had. Uh, you know, I grew up, um, oh, you know, I, I, I've got the education, all that stuff, but I grew up troubled. I was never comfortable in my own skin. I was never happy with who I was. Um, it didn't matter what kind of success, um, you know, I had, I, I felt worse about myself. And of course, failure, well, that, that, that eventually came as well and, and, uh, only pushed me down deeper. Um, but God met me on, on the road those two days in a storm, um, it started out with a with a cry out to him and a song. Uh, Keith Green's "Oh Lord, You're Beautiful" and uh, it's a great song. song. Love this oh, song. 
it's a great song. That song was stuck so, in my song, For those of you who are watching, you might want to look it up on uh, YouTube or um, or on your uh, Apple Music or Spotify. Keith Green's "Oh Lord, You're Beautiful," and there have been a lot of uh, people who've modernized it as well. So if you if you if that's a little foreign to your ears because it's older, uh, listen to a. Uh, Listen to a newer version. Um, so I want to talk with you about um, your work with uh, those who are disenfranchised, those who are down and out, because you have been incredible, um, uh, just uh, evangelists reaching out into some of the places that a lot of people aren't willing to do. And we have seen uh, so many new faces at the Connection Church that you have invited and brought, got to baptize and uh, it's been it's been so good. So you want to talk about that for a minute? I, I do. I do. In fact, that's that is the focus and force of my life. Um, I uh, I've kind of I've started a, a new thing. It's a, I've, for lack of a uh, I, it needed a name, and I call it the Church of the Byways. Um, I, I, of course, I, I love my Connection Church now, and I'm there all the time. Um, yeah. But uh, the Church of the Byways is just uh, you know when. At the in the parable of the wedding feast, the wedding master sent his servants out to, uh, you know, after after the folks that were invited didn't come, sent the servants out to go to the highways and byways. And oftentimes in the church, we don't have a problem going to the highways. It's the byways. It's the alleyways. It's the it's the gutter that we seem to have more trouble going to. Um, and when we do, we it, we take an us and them kind of approach. Um and I, I love the sermon was it last week or the week before, week before uh, God is not a respecter of persons. Um, and, and when we take an us and them kind of approach, it kind of messes up our ability to work with them. And so um, they have a, a typically a different set of problems. There's a lot of uh, mental health issues in the homeless. Um, uh, yes, there is drug abuse and alcohol abuse, uh, but there's almost always an underlying mental health issue. And, um, they have their issues. Well, we have our issues. I certainly have many of my own. Um, and so, so I started something that I'm calling the homeless, homeless to home initiative. Um, yeah, I, because I believe that if we're going to, I, I do believe that we can solve most, if not all of the homeless problem. And the way that we're going to do it is one relationship at a time. It is a one-on-one, um, you know, embracing of another individual. Uh, I think uh, people at church, uh, at least in the nine o'clock service, they've seen me with Cliff. They know Cliff. Cliff's my buddy. He's my friend. I love him. He's uh, uh, he's an awesome guy. Uh, he's got issues all his own, just like all the rest of us. Uh, but he is no longer homeless. But it is a growing. Um, it is the thing about growth. I'm growing through the experience. Uh, so is Cliff, and he's learning some things and uh, um, trying to come to grips with uh, uh, being chronically homeless uh, for the past few years. So, uh, and we're working on that and it's baby steps. It's more baby steps than it is anything else. And, uh, and we're working, he's working, he's working hard on himself. And what I want to encourage people to do is to find someone who is disenfranchised, someone who is homeless. Maybe um, you may not move them in your home. Like I've done with cliff. Uh, that's not necessarily necessary. Uh, you know, you go out, um, you get involved with the community. You find someone that you that you kind of jive, you know, you, you jive with. You uh, uh, you develop a relationship, uh, and that's how we impact people. We impact people by con- well by connecting with them uh, on their level and uh, and meeting them where they are. 
when I was in trouble, God met me where I was in the middle of the storm on the side of the road. It wasn't in a church and it wasn't, uh, and, and funny thing is, is one of the last phases of that journey. Uh, I was, I was seeking help at a church. There's nobody at the church. And I went into a health club and, uh, and God me through his servants in a health club. So, you know, it's not, uh, we, you know, we meet people where they are. Um, and in the, and, uh, and I think that's, that's how we're going to work with the homeless problem. So, so I get out. Yes, I get out in the streets. I get out in the, in the homeless camps. I meet people where they are, but I can't fix. No, I can't fix anybody. Um, but I can't, I can't help everybody. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have money for one thing. Uh, and I don't think anybody has the money to help everybody. Um, but what we can do is we can find that one individual that, uh, that, that will, that will develop a relationship with us. And if we build a relationship one-on-one with people, perhaps we can help them take those baby steps to get out of the situation they're in. I love it. I love it because yes, you look at uh, home. When we think of homelessness, you think of a, a group of people and definitely there's a group of people uh, and we might have our opinions about that, but you get to meet one person and you get into their story um, and, and you, you make a difference for that one it can really make uh, you're, you're you're changing you're changing a future you're changing can change an eternity, so uh, I love that that is so good. Well, well um, let me see. We, yeah. I want yeah yeah. Why don't you uh, tell us tell us a little more about the book? How we can yeah, like today is the the release day. That is you correct. It's available on Amazon. It is available on Amazon. Um, the more you search for it, the easier it'll be to find. But uh, you can you can write my name in there, David Ryden, R-I-O-R-D-A-N. Um, type in the Baker. Uh, hopefully that'll get you to it. Um, uh, I, I've been searching, you know, experimenting, seeing how difficult it was to find the book. Uh, you can also go to my my uh, my blog on Facebook, uh, the Baker and the Bread, or you can go to my website uh, and you'll find links. Uh, to specifically to the books, so there's there's several ways you can find the book, um, and and the, what we've done with the soundtrack, you don't actually get that from Amazon. Uh, it is on my website. If you go to davidwryden.com, um, you'll have to register and, and confirm your email address, but then you have full access to the soundtrack, and it is tremendous. Um, and just a quick story about the soundtrack: uh, it, it was inspired by by the work of God God in my life. Uh, Dan would read a little bit and he'd write a song and he'd read a little bit and he'd write a song. And, um, and so it is, the music goes hand in hand with story. It is, and it is incredible music. Dan has, uh, I don't want to say he's outdone himself, but, uh, it is inspired. It is amazing. So, so I see it's available on Kindle, right? Is that, is that how it's available? It's available on Kindle. It's available on paperback as well. So, okay. um, yeah. And within the next week, it'll be available, um, Barnes and Noble and all the rest of them too. So, okay, awesome, awesome. Well, I put a link to the the Kindle, uh, the Kindle version on on Amazon, so we got the word out about that as well. So that is so great, man. I'm so excited about what God is doing for you. I look forward to uh, to pe- now that people know who you are and they've they've put a name and a story to your face. I believe you know, you're going to have a lot of conversations that come out of this and, and people, in fact, um, we've had, uh, Mark has, uh, kind of partnered with you in, in the ministry with homeless, right? Yes, 
He has, and uh, we're we're doing some discipleship things together, and and he is joining me with uh, with this whole Church of the Byways project. So, um, um, so yes, I, and anybody, feel free. Uh, I I could use all the hands uh, on deck that I could get. So, uh, uh, if somebody has a spare day of the week or a spare e- actually spare evening of the week right now, um, I we can we can put you to work. <laughs> so, oh, that's anyway. so great. That's yeah. so great. So, the best way to contact you probably is through that uh, that Facebook page that's a good way get connected with you there yeah all right wonderful wonderful well that's so good man i'm so excited about this and i want everybody to go out and and get the book whether it's the the kindle version or you can find the paperback as well and get that so that uh people can know your story and also just start following i know you're so good about sending the emails with the with your your blog updates and all of that so so really excited about that man blessings to you and I look forward to seeing you real soon. Thank All you right? so much. Thank you for having Thanks, me. Dave. All right. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. All right. That is so good. That is so good. Well, if you will stick with me for just a few more moments, I did want to share as we continue our, our look through 1 Corinthians. And uh, and I'm just going to do this very briefly, okay? I'm just going to give you a, <laughs> a very brief uh, thought for the day as we move forward with 1 Corinthians. We're now in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 4, he's talking about um, overcoming and defeating the comparison trap and judgmentalism. Okay. And anytime you play the comparison game, you're going to lose because you're always going to find somebody who's doing better than you. And it's going to make you feel worse about yourself. It's going to, it's going to give you that poor, uh, self-image, or you're going to find somebody that you're doing better than. And um, and when when you're comparing yourself to someone you're, you're doing better than, what's that going to do? It's going to uh, puff you up with pride, and pride comes before a fall. So either way, it's a losing game. It's a losing strategy. How do we defeat uh, comparison and judgmentalism? That is what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and I just want to read these two verses uh, with you. If you have your Bible, you can check it out. But it says here, he says, uh, this then is how you ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed. Now, it is required that those who've been given a trust must prove faithful. Okay, so so essentially, this is about ministry. This is about serving and service. And if you want to overcome in your life the comparison trap and judgmentalism and judging others or feeling judged, then what we need to do is we need to choose to serve God today by serving others. Did you get that? If you want to overcome comparison and judgmentalism, then choose to serve God today by serving others. And uh, so he at the Connection Church, we know this. We've said this uh, for a long time. We've said every member is a minister. Okay, everyone uh, that, that calls Connection Church their home, everyone who's a part of our church family, you are a minister, now, you may not be a pastor, okay, but you are a minister. 
And I, I like to think of ministry um, in the church. Many times we, we can think of it like a football field, football, a football stadium, where you've got 20,000 fans in the stands who are badly in need of exercise, cheering on 22 players on the field who are badly in need of some rest. Right. And so that's what it's like in the church sometimes is everybody in the church is like, go pastor, go staff, you, you, you do it. And the staff is saying, join me, come out on the field. Let's do this together. It takes all of us. And it, as, as long as we're following that um, mindset, then we need to remember that the pastors are like coaches. And I love doing that. I love cheering you on, coaching, resourcing you, equipping you to, uh, to fulfill God's purpose for your life. And really, the church should be a law for ministry, to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Okay? So, um, so as we look at these two verses here, there are three key words in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. And um, these words, he says, this then is how you ought to regard us as servants. The first word is servants. And, and it's all about serving. And he says, we are servants of Christ. Who is it that we serve? Who are we living for? We're living for an audience of one. Right. I can't please everybody today, but I can please Jesus. You can please him when you choose to live for him and serve him. And the way you serve Jesus usually is by serving other people. And we understand that at the Connection Church, there are no small ministries. Okay, every everything is important that we do. It's all important. Uh, it all works together. At the Connection Church, we have a saying. We say, uh, anything, everything, or nothing at all. So that means uh, I'm willing. I step up and I say, whatever it takes, I'm going to do that. I will do anything. I will do it all. Or I will do nothing at all. I'll sit on the sidelines if that's what it takes. And that is an issue sometimes of our heart and our pride because many times we want a certain role or a certain recognition. But if it takes this week or today, we sit on the sidelines, that's okay. That's okay. Um, so, and then the second word, the first word was servants or serve. He says, and as those entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed. So um, you as a minister and as a servant, you have been entrusted. You've been given a trust. And um, that word trust is so important as you think about that. You know, when God gives you a, a mission and he gives you something to do, then it's in your hands. And if you don't do it, then that part of that mission may go unfulfilled. OK, so it is specific what God has called you to do. And the way that he calls you and he directs you is in many ways is through the spiritual gifts that he has given you. And if you're a believer and you're a follower of Jesus, then you have the Holy Spirit indwelling your heart and your life. And he has given you at least a spiritual gift. All right. So you have a gift. You also have certain passions, certain things that you care deeply about, that you care about that nobody else really Maybe they don't care a lot about, 
So what is that? What abilities, what natural abilities do you have? What, uh, how is your personality wired? And what have you been through? Because we know God never wastes a hurt, right? Your education, your experiences, and all of these things that God has uh, led you through. You've come through them. Now, those hurts are wasted if you don't uh, employ them in ministry. If you don't learn from them, you know, we learn from the school of hard knocks. And if we don't learn the first, uh, the first lesson, then sometimes we have to go back and we have to repeat the same lesson over and over again. But you have been entrusted with, um, with the good news, the good news of Jesus that, you know, uh, you've experienced Jesus, you know, Jesus. And so now that is entrusted to you to share that with the people around you and to share that uh, in, in other ways as you even as you engage on social media or in your personal conversations. So the first word was serve. The second word is entrusted. And, and the third word is this. He says, now it's required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. And so that third word is faithful. That are you being faithful um, to fulfill the, the ministry and the calling that God has on your life. I know so many people who say, well, you know, I'm not that influential. I'm not uh, that knowledgeable. I'm not that, you know, all that. Well, yeah, you, you, you can understand and recognize that, yeah, you're not all that. I'm not all that. But God has chosen to use you, call you, and God has chosen to use me. And so am I being faithful? And faithful to me implies consistency uh, for the long haul, okay? Faithfulness means that I'm going to uh, be consistent and consistently keeping my eyes on that calling, keeping my eyes on Jesus, and um, being faithful with the opportunities that God has placed in front of me. And and so I want to be faithful, and I want to encourage you today to stay faithful. Sometimes that's so hard. It's so hard right now as we're going through this season, um, and there's fear that's out there that causes us to shrink back from our calling. There's uh, uncertainty that causes us to shrink back from our calling. But if God has called you, that calling has not changed. If that it, God has has his hand on you and he, he who has been faithful to you in the past is going to continue to be faithful to you for your future. And so what I want to do right now is I want to pray with you and for you. And I want to thank you. I want to encourage you to stay faithful to your calling. And uh, if you have not been living out that calling, then today is the day. Today is the day for you to, uh, to, to live it out. And uh, if we can help you with that, let us know because we want to come alongside of you and help you because we're stronger and we're better together. So uh, we'll continue this uh, next week in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. But right now, let me pray with you and for you, okay? Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for your goodness, Lord, for your calling on our lives. God, thank you that you've called us uh, to serve and that you modeled what it meant to serve, that you first took up the towel and washed uh, your, your friends and your followers' feet. God, help us to take up that, uh, that mantle of service, to uh, lay down our pride, and to serve others faithfully, and to serve you faithfully, God, that you've called us to serve you first and foremost. Help us to do that today. 
God, I pray for each person who's listening. God, that you empower them today, that you work through them today, work through us, God, to be lights shining in the darkness of our world, to to bring your hope into the hopelessness of our world, God, to share your truth in the confusion of our world. And God, we thank you for what you're doing. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I do want to remind you one last time, uh, just thank thank, uh, our guest, David Riordan, for being here with us today. And if you want to pick up the book, The Baker, uh, it's a great read. I'd encourage you to pick it up and, um, and, and you'll be encouraged by that as well. So you can get it on Amazon and uh, have a great rest of the day. We'll see you soon. All right. Thank you so much. We'll see you. Thank you for joining us for this week's Connect podcast. If you liked what you heard, then be sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, rate. We want to spread this good word to everybody we can who needs to hear this message. I hope you have a great week, and I look forward to you joining us next week for the Connect podcast.